0: Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic: The Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, and I'm just your typical Spike on the line with me, my good buddy, producer extraordinaire, and like recently free from a massive amount of work. Cameron mm-hmm. McCoy, how you doing, friend?
1: Good man. I'm a little concerned. This was kind of a we had a, a little rough start here at the very beginning. Is everything okay?
0: Uh, the truth is, I kind of. I mean. Would I say I, I drank some tea beforehand and I, like, <laughs> air escaped? I wouldn't call it a burp. I wouldn't call it a yawn. I wouldn't call it a hiccup. I don't know what it was, but these things happen, right?
1: We need to define a new word for, like, what, what's this word that we're going to come
0: up with? <laughs> uh, it wasn't a giggle. It wasn't a laugh. It wasn't a chortle. It wasn't a guffaw. I don't know what it was. But, yes, Usually the only part of this show that I am rock solid is the intro, Um, (laughs) so we're probably in for a bumpy ride, right? The seatbelt light is on. I mean, dude, let's talk very briefly about what we've been playing, kind of our experience with Magic this week. I know it's going to be kind of light. I don't want to bury the lead too much because it was announcement day. We delayed this episode so we could actually talk about the things that we thought were going to be news today, and there was actually plenty to talk about. Um, but you've been you've been playing some magic. It's worth pointing out. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to?
1: I've been uh checking out the new hotness that is Standard 2022, um, and I'm probably going to regret this because, you know, once uh, rotation happens, I feel like I'm going to be done with a few of these cards already. Um, <laughs> but overall, I am enjoying my experience with Standard 2022. I'm playing black white. Orzov Control, which has the Spider Queen in it, uh, Liliana, Planeswalker, Teacher, Kaya, and then just a whole bunch of really good removal. And kind of like, it has a little bit of like a creature threat in it as well, um, with like shambling whatever. And there's a couple other like one mana spells that really, I think, can kind of set you against aggro. And actually, have game until you get to your Wraths. So overall, I've been liking this. I would say the meta, the meta that I've been playing, feels very. Like I feel like I'm playing the same decks over and over and over because I think there's like three decks that are really, actually playable, and so I run up against like a mirror match or black white angels so much, and so like I feel like the play patterns for the first four turns. Are almost identical between what I'm doing and what my opponent is doing. So that's, I don't think, is an indication for what standard is going to be like. But right now, you can just tell like the card diversity just isn't there without having an additional set into the in, in play.
0: Yeah, my experience with standard 2022, I think, was before those decks came along and everything was a gold span dragon deck. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of that is what the deck that you're talking about specifically is a great answer because basically it comes up with all these different ways to kill these threats, these dragons, and specifically Goldspan Dragon, but also uh, the legendary dragon from Strixhaven, uh, Galazeth. Mm -hmm. So, like, Blue Red Dragons, I think, is a slam dunk, like it's going to exist at some level, whether it's going to be Tier 3, Tier 2, or Tier 1 is a different discussion, but what I think is missing from those discussions is um, whatever's going to happen with this kind of mid-range aggro, for lack of a better way of putting it, the showdown of the Skulls decks, because mm-hmm. it feels like a lot of what's going to fill that deck out is going to be in the Innistrad set. Because traditionally, Innistrad has a lot of very good mid rangey creatures in green and red. Those are notably absent, <laughs> I think, right now from mm-hmm. Standard 2022. But I guess the good news is, I don't want you to, like, totally give in to despair, Cameron, because um, <laughs> there is this whole thing about um, – what's what's the way I'm putting this? The new set is going to make more of a difference than it would have in the past, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, again, it's kind of amazing how much of these sets – like, Kaldheim, how much of it, since I didn't draft it, I don't know anymore. Like, I feasibly <laughs> right. saw the cards or whatever – but there's a ton of them that I click on, I'm like, I have no idea what this card does, and it's been legal for months, like, a long time, right? Zendikar's the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I just want to point out, again, I feel like we, we are kind of a broken record with standard. Uh, it's, it's fine, right? <laughs> I've found myself being comforted quite a bit by the blue-black control deck, um, and I don't know that it's necessarily good, But I just like a deck where when it works, I just counter everything and uh, kill everything and then slowly kind of constrict around the opponent's deck. Mm -hmm. There's a real satisfaction to that (laughs) that hasn't existed in Standard for a while. And it's a very, like, just like any blue-black control deck, the answers have to be in a very specific spot, right? Because Mm -hmm. when you're blue-black, a lot of the answers are, this is my creature removal, and this is my combo-slash-control stuff, and if the streams cross, if I draw the wrong mix, if they happen to land an enchantment, I'm just, like, absolutely done, right? <laughs> that's yeah. always been the linchpin of those things, but, uh, you know, you have, like, this uh, this control finisher, Loctide Serpent, like, again, that's never seen hardly any play, mm-hmm. but pure joy, Cameron, is when someone attacks you with a Vorticlex, and it's a 6-6, and you flash in a 7-7 and kill it, it's just like... The kind of joy, yeah, the kind of joy you don't get from magic much these days. Um, Anyway, so that's me uh, just kind of grinding away at standard. I've been almost entirely ignoring historic just based upon the the issues that we've had over the past few weeks. Um, But I want to talk to you about announcement day, Cameron. How many of these announcements did you know about going into reading my show notes, you know, however many minutes ago? (laughs) <laughs> uh
1: mainly the new sets are the things that I saw on Twitter. Uh that and Brandon Routh is gonna be Gideon with the Russo Brothers doing some cartoon. Anyway, there there's that, which like whatever. Uh but the actual magic stuff, um the new sets are the things that have been most intriguing to me.
0: Yeah, so um Let's talk about it. So basically after the second Innistrad set, um, it's amazing how much we weren't supposed to be doing blocks anymore, and we kind of feel like now we're doing blocks like how many times <laughs> we do like these back- to back sets or you know, whatever. Um, so after we do Innistrad in the winter, um, we're going to uh, we're going back to Kamagawa, but big twist, way in the future, it's a set a thousand years. Ahead of the previous Kamigawa. It's called Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, and I, w- I think it's safe to say it's cyberpunk theme. but you know, mm-hmm. take from this what you will.
1: Um, what's your take on that, man? So, Kamigawa has a very special place in my heart, because uh, when we first graduated college and started hanging out together in Kansas City, you took me to a comic shop, and I bought my first first pack of magic cards to try to figure out the game and i didn't really figure it out until six years later but it was kamigawa so like it's very very much um i don't know intertwined with me i I just have a special place in my heart because it was like the first set that i was cracking open packs with and actually kind of got a kick out of it so that being said kamigawa cyberpunk that to me is very evocative and this is the sort of thing that I'm totally okay with compared to the, the timeshare that we're getting with like something like Lord of the Rings or Dungeons & Dragons. Just give me a good magic set set 2,000 years in the future and I have Cyber Ninjas. I am totally down for this.
0: Yeah, so I think a lot of the internet is wanting, I shouldn't say is wanting, Maybe this is just Twitter in general. Everything needs to be a zero or a ten. Oh, everybody's got to have a hot take and dunk on the other hot take. And then if you come steamrolling in with, yeah, this is like a seven out of ten, I'm okay with that. <laughs> People are really underwhelmed. And it's like, well, this is my honest opinion. And i got to be honest with you, dude. There's a lot of positivity that I get out of today's announcement, okay? Mm-hmm. There's some real problems, too, which we'll get to, Okay. I know we have a reputation of being, like I would say, maybe overly negative when it comes to certain magic things. Uh, but I'm totally fine with this. I think, because th- th- there's been a- some bristling in the community about sci-fi and magic, and it's like, what do you think the weather like? You know, like there's, all, there's a lot of sci-fi. To me, a robotic talking golem is sci-fi. <laughs> but, you know, your mileage may vary. And um, I think you and I in our age group... Also have a deep love for cyberpunk stuff, be it mm. Blade Runner, Shadowrun, the cyberpunk RPG or video game. You know, like mm-hmm. there's just so much there that we grew up, or you know, NeuroMancer for crying out loud, or Snow yeah, Crash, right? Yeah. Um, but those things are valuable, and it's just like th- what a cool and interesting take on Kamigawa. I'm fine with this, and I also I'm one of the minority people. I think Kamigawa was unnecessarily dragged through the mud Mm. because it didn't live up to certain other sets that were kind of around it. Uh, I.e. Ravnica was right after and the original Ravnica, which is kind of considered one of the greatest sets of all time. Um, It's kind of like Mass Effect Andromeda. Okay? Not bad. (laughs) It's not bad. Is it as good as the other ones? Probably not. But like, stop talking about this set like it's prophecy. Like, come on. There are good cards Mm. in Kamigawa. It's fine. Um, anyway, the one that I had the least to say about is Streets of New Capena. I didn't actually watch it. I read it. So yeah, I don't right know how right to right say right. that. Uh, and it looks kind of like a, there's like crime syndicates with demons and angels and sure. All right, cool. Cool. That's, yeah. that's cool. Um, then the real money, Cameron, the real money, <laughs> our prayers have been answered. We're going back to Dominaria, not once, but twice. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Do you know anything about the Brothers' War?
1: No, no, I don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, no, cool. Because, like, yeah. I, this, this is me actually stepping into, I mean, I would say a salt bay of lore a little bit okay. that I know. Uh, the first set, first uh, expansion set, Antiquities, in Magic's history is about the Brothers' War between Urza and Mishra. Okay?
1: Okay. So kay.
0: they are retelling one of Magic's original stories through this set
1: fun that's awesome you
0: just want dominaria limited back don't you
1: oh i mean that there is that but i mean like you know i i roll my eyes at a lot of the lore but like it is a part of magic and you know like if you can like somehow combine the cards with like this evocative lore and great art you're firing on all cylinders and i feel like dominaria there's a lot there you know, I've only had a little t- sampling of it, and I've really liked just like what the set brings. And so, yeah, man, sign me up for the lore, all of it. I just I'll take the sol- the whole smorgasbord of it, right? Yeah, I mean,
0: honestly, if they said, hey, we're gonna stay in Dominaria a lot more often, I'd be like, cool, because <laughs> to me that to me that is Magic's IP, right? Mm-hmm. And these other things. Uh, it's not like I'm a lore master or anything like that. In fact, like you, I pretty much don't care. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe it's just, you know, tickling the the nostalgia funny bone for me. Um, but this stuff, is just so much cooler to me than Planeswalker Super Friends thing that they tried. I mean, this has been a few years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just, it, for what it's worth, that lore building was, while stereotypical fantasy, Felt like they were putting a lot more effort into the world and maybe a little less into making the planeswalkers marketable stars,
1: right? Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Now we've even given up on that. So we're just going to try and, like, you know, hitch our wagon to other people's IP and hope that, you know, brings the marketing dollars. Um, All right. So there's that. Let's talk about the universes beyond. So uh, there are some really bizarre wrinkles here. And. I really don't know how you're going to react to this. So, there's a Warhammer 40k set. I don't think there's much to say about that. From the article, it makes it fe- seem like it's going to be commander decks, and if that ropes in Warhammer tabletop players, sick, right? Um, yeah. yeah. I think I think that's fine. I'm fine with this kind of stuff. Uh, here's where it gets weird. There's a Lord of the Rings set coming in 2023. It will not be standard legal, but it will be on arena, modern legal, historic legal. And uh, read between the lines, because we're not going to bring up these formats ever again, legacy and vintage legal. (laughs) So, um, what do you say, man?
1: Um, Conflicted. Like, do I love Lord of the Rings? Yes, of course I do. Like, I am not a monster, right? Yeah. Um, so there is that. Uh, I don't know if I need it in a magic set. like, And especially because ah, you have things like Gandalf and the One Ring, which are so iconic and, frankly the most powerful things in these worlds that like, how do you create a magic card that isn't black Lotus for the one ring? Right. I mean like it just, it, anything else feels cheapened for both, honestly. So mm. like, I, I just, mm, I don't need this. This is like that worry that I have of like you're, you're cross pollinating IPs a little too much kind of freewheeling it. And I just, let's just stick with cyberpunk kamigawa please
0: boy like you i feel conflicted and i just i just want to get this out here man like i am a huge fantasy like lord of the rings fan that is i mean you're gonna see whenever i talk about my end of the show (laughs) this is the kind of thing that i love i mean love you give me a, a you know a hero's journey. I, I'm happy for an afternoon, right? I'm going to watch mm-hmm. that. I'm going to read that. I'm going to play that. I've done this so many times, so like it's not an issue with. And I, I would say I'm also not puritanical about the Lord of the Rings as an IP. Um, I mean, first of all, God knows I sat through those Hobbit movies, but second of all, <laughs> uh, like. Middle Earth did have a card game when I was in high school and middle school. It was immensely popular. I didn't really understand it, um, but it was cool. It had a really great Sauron's eye on the back of the cards that I just loved the design. Um, like truce, This is like a weird like thing. I actually considered like that being a tattoo that I get. When I was like a kid and, you know, 18 nice. and tattoos were going to be cool. Okay. I really yeah. liked that design. Uh, and then the, then I found out how much tattoos cost. And I was like, you know how many <laughs> video games you can buy with that? Um, anyway. Um, also, I'm like a human Yeti. Like, you know, there's no, like, I, I'm like Chewbacca. There's no way I could actually have a tattoo on my arm. Anyway. So, but the thing is, I would be totally fine with this being challenger decks, commander decks. That doesn't bother me. It's own board game. It's own condensed game. But when you're like modern legal, I'm like, "Mm, okay. uh," Ah. And by extension, legacy legal. Uh, That really hurts, man. And I got to be honest, their recent history with printing things for modern does not give me a lot of confidence. Mm -hmm. Not even a little bit. I said I think it was last week or a couple weeks ago. Why why are we not talking about Raghavan being banned? And the more I think about it, the more I'm convinced it probably should be. Like mm-hmm. does anybody really think it's worse than Deathright Shaman? You know what I mean? Like have yeah. you pl- I don't know if you've actually physically played against the card yet, Cameron. Not uh, yet. But yeah, it's that Mm-hmm. And it's just like, they banned a previous card, so it, and obviously it's to sell packs and to generate interest, and to your point, what happens when they print Sauron, or the One Ring, and it is just busted? They're not going to ban it for eight months, make sure everybody buys the product, make sure that, you know, we spend, like, Raghavan was clearly a 4 of tournament staple that they put at Mythic at a premium set.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And obviously, it's a, an arm twist to get people that think they're not paying for rotation to pay a lot for rotation, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, now you're doing that with Lord of the Rings, it feels even more gross, man. It's like, hey, we've really hurt non-rotating formats a lot with our, our policy of printing new cards for it. Oh, and while we're at it, we're going to go after your childhood. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just... So it's it's made me like... And I, look, I've never been the biggest cheerleader for modern. Let's be honest, uh, but like, I don't want this card, these cards to be like vintage staples. That sucks, man. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so there is that. Uh, okay, so what's weird is this: I had to find; I did not see uh, almost anyone talk about Lord of the Rings being modern legal or historic legal, which kind of blew mm-hmm. my mind. Because a bunch of the energy was spent talking about secret lair drops, right? Now, Cameron, have you seen the film The Rock? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a great line where they're talking about the nerve gas in it. And Nicolas Cage says, it's very terrible. In fact, we wish we could go back in time and uninvent it. That's kind of the where I'm at with secret layers. <laughs> Deep pull, I like it, yeah. All yeah. I want is you, me, and whatever listeners are out there, time heist. Let's go, Cameron. <laughs> we just got to make all the files disappear.
1: Um, yeah. We remove that. We release all the cards from the reserve list. And right now we're living in Legacy Wonderland.
0: No, I, I do think it is an actual worthwhile discussion. Are secret layers doing more damage to magic? then the reserve list has. Like I honestly think it's in that ballpark. And if you don't believe me, talk to a dealer or a store store owner about secret lair sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like you see a real fervor there. They are not happy campers about it. Um you know, 2019 called. They want their Trendy game Fortnite back. Uh and I guess by extension 1993 called, they want their Trendy game back. Uh but there's other secret lairs. There's like old borders planeswalker styles and some other stuff and like i mean what do you think dude
1: Uh, I'm, i'm i'm back to where i was with like kind of product fatigue two weeks ago and this is just an extension of that like that's where i'm at right now i mean I just don't. This is stuff that I don't need. I'm not interested in. Just give me more magic cards to play good quality magic games. Like like where I feel like things should head, and where Watsi thinks they need to make their money. Just I, I feel like they're just running on parallel streams right now, and they just will never align.
0: Yeah. I insert my little comment about how you should look into flesh and blood now. Uh, but. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. Like, I do get tired of the "it's not for you" line. Like, mm. for some of these things, like, yes, I don't need a Fortnite secret layer, and technically, it's not for me, and that is fine. Okay, I, I say I think the Warhammer 40k is a better example of like this is not a product for me, but I'm glad it's got, other people are going to enjoy it, and I hope it grows the game. Okay, mm-hmm. but the secret layers are actively doing damage to LGSs, which is where I like to play cards. Like, there is a relationship here within the yeah. ecosystem, right? And sometimes it feels like I just don't understand where their head is at because people shout at me all the time, spikes don't make the game money, the competitive scene doesn't make them money, and it's like, I mean, I've been to these GPs with tens of thousands of people, and you're telling me no one made money from that? Like, mm-hmm. perhaps your business model is garbage, I don't know, because like, I just can't imagine getting that many people in one spot and not making money. But this whole argument feels like, Like, um, I don't know, like, I'm going to buy a vinyl record and the store owner shuts the door on me and says, go get Spotify, you idiot. Like, it's like, just let me engage with it and enjoy it, you know? It's so bizarre. I can't ever, I really can't think of an example of a company that has a passionate, hyper-engaged, like, committed fan base, like, committed by decades, and the company tell them, yo, man, come on, get out of here. Like, it's just so weird. Um, anyway, so it is what it is. Other oddities here. Uh, I know continuing our thing with product fatigue, hey, there's going to be a master set in 2022. It's double masters. When was the last double masters? I don't know. What did it have in it? Who cares?
1: <laughs> so true. <laughs> uh,
0: there's that. So... You know they're gonna throw some cards and then make some hyper rare titanium cards and I hope it does well for them. Hashtag not for me. Secondly, the weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest one, and this isn't bad. Okay, so I'd like to think, for just to just recap, <clears throat> I don't love the Lord of the Rings modern legality thing. I don't love the secret layers. I do really love the standard lineup. Okay, so I don't want this to all come off mm-hmm. as negative. Mm-hmm. The, the, the question mark, the hands in the air, the thought face emoji is the Pioneer Challenger Decks. I, I kind of, I mean, I, I feel like we're stuck in the friend zone with Pioneer. Are we a thing or are we not a thing?
1: <laughs> it's going to continue to be that way for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Lots of mixed messages here,
0: man. Um, these decks are pretty cool. And actually, packed with rares, and you could like open them and play Pioneer to Pioneer event. Like, I was really surprised. The Spirits deck has a substantial amount of that deck. Lotus Field combo, man. Mm, I mean, yeah. yeah. Lotus Fields. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these are like really good products for a format that no one appears to be playing. I don't know. What do you say, man?
1: The exact same thing. I I legitimately thought back in June, like, Pioneer's dead. I think I'm okay with that. Like, if if Historic's going to be the new thing, great. But it's like they still had a memo from 2019 that said, create Pioneer decks. (laughs) And we're finally catching up to that. And here we are when, I mean... I just don't know what the longevity of Pioneer is going to be. Like, I mean, I assume their tournaments firing. I mean, like are there major level events happening? Like like where is this at? What I mean, in the terms of 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 flipping arena, where is Pioneer? Like what where is that even on their calendar as far as like by the end of 2022? You're going to have all of Pioneer on Arena. Like, w- what are we doing with this this format? It, I just don't know. This is cool. I'm totally excited. I love the idea of but just being able to walk into a store, buy a Lotus Field combo, and away we go. But also, like, do I walk into a store, buy a Lotus Field combo, and I have nowhere to play it?
0: Uh, I mean, I guess it is. It has got to be. I mean, I agree with every single thing you said. Um, these are um, unbelievably good preconstructed decks, and like, I will probably buy at least the Spirits one, if not the the Lotus Field combo one. Like, this is the. I never thought this would happen to me, Cameron. Uh, but this is the sealed product I'm the most excited about in ages. Right? Yeah, and uh, this is the kind of thing I would love for them to do. And it seems like it would be refreshing to play, but, I mean, like I told you, what was that, last week or two weeks ago, I showed up to a Pioneer event, literally the only human being there. And it was still on the store's calendar, whatever. Um, But wow, very strange. Um, Other good news. They are bringing store championships back. Uh, And I guess one of my enduring criticisms, so I want to just say this, like, they did not announce any kind of GP schedule, organized place stuff. Mm-hmm. I think they deserve a pass on that. A lot of people were flipping out about that. I think it's very high risk for them to announce getting together with large groups of people, given where yeah. we're at right now. I, I wonder if Flesh and Blood, if they had a chance to do it again, if they would, wait, would have waited until after this fall, right? Mm-hmm. given where mm-hmm. things are going. So I totally think it's worth giving them a pass and seeing what happens. But what's happening right now is there is an, a noticeable lack of Saturday, what I would call Saturday Sunday magic. GPS Grand Prix Trials, P- PTQs, store championships, set championships,
1: all of it, all of it,
0: yeah. The I mean, and look, I know maybe it's petty, but like winning the set championship, like the championship mat for Kaladesh or Darkest, like I love those play mats, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I always tell this story, like, uh, a guy at the Dark Ascension game day, so whenever that was, uh, he told me that I, I should just give him the playmat when we split, because there's no way he would lose. I told him, if I win this mat, I'm going to bring it to every single Friday Night Magic for the rest of my life, and I have, right? This guy's quit Magic, like, six years ago. I still bring it every time, <laughs> right? Um, but, yeah, I just, I think these things are great for building the community. The promos are cool, um, So yes, Mm -hmm. please more of this. Like whatever happens with pro magic, if you don't support the Saturday Sunday magic, I'm very worried about what's going to happen to the value of modern pioneer standard cards because there are just so few opportunities to play with them. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, What about you, man? What do you think of the old store championship?
1: This is grassroots magic at its best. Like I really do think that like uh, you get a chance to win like these kind of low level tournaments which i think is great and actually can help propel you to become a better magic player that's awesome because they are at the local store level the chances of you going to that shop and saying you know what i need to buy x y and z for this just to fill out my binder to fill out my deck you are supporting that store that's a huge bonus like it is huge um and it's a, it's a great opportunity. Like in person, magic is just better all around. Like it is better than the digital product, hands down for me. So being able to go to these types of events, which sadly I haven't been to, and you know over two years, uh, eighteen months now, uh, I'm very much looking forward to attending one of these, seeing my my shop, seeing the people at my shop, and then you know maybe winning a collected company special promo, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. So. Big thumbs up there. Uh, let's see. I Did I miss anything on the old laundry list here? <laughs> du- double checking. I think we got everything. Well, anyway. So, look. That's the 2021... They used to call it Announcement Day, but now it's called the Magic Showcase. Mm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: So, let's get out of the segment, come back, and talk about what else we've been up to. <laughs> All right, Cameron. So bit of a reading list today nice change of pace um talk to me about far sector i don't know what that is
1: so far sector uh i picked up at my shop i was looking for a comic or just a new comic series to check out uh this one is on like a lot of people's lists as being kind of like up there for like one of the best comics to be reading in 2021 the series just finished up this summer, and the trade paperbacks are coming out in October or November, I believe. Uh, I picked up the first two issues because it was something that just said things you must read on the store shelves, and I checked it out, and sure enough, it's fantastic. Uh, like, I, I'm, I'm going to wait for the trade paperback, and I'm just going to reread it, the whole thing. Uh, but it's a t- 12-issue run, and it's a Green Lantern story. Of like a new Green Lantern who uh, is working in like this city where they've kind of bred out the ability for people to feel uh, like emotion. And it is a not really a Green Lantern story, but more of like a murder mystery whodunit story. So like that's kind of where I'm at with these first two issues. The art is spectacular. The writing is so dang good. Um, and if you said that I would care about anything with Green Lantern, I would have said, you crazy. And then reading this, I'm like, I'm down. Like, I am down for the full 12-issue run. Uh, it is very intriguing, perplexing in the best way of like, uh, I, the, the, I am hooked with these first two issues. I'm definitely going to be coming back to reread reread the whole thing. Uh, it's by N.K. N- Jemison, which I'm not familiar with her work, but she won three Hugo's in a row, which is kind of like unheard of for like another sci-fi series that she did. This is her first foray into um, into writing comics, and I mean she's knocked it out of the park in my opinion. So uh, this is something to check out. Comic reader, I'm sure there's comic readers out there who have already checked it out, um, but like. These first two issues, like I, th- this is something special. And the way that I remember reading when when the Miles Morales comic first came out, and I remember reading those first two issues and thinking like, this is something that's going to stick around for a while. It's really really good.
0: Awesome, yeah. So my wife has read her before, okay, um, but I have not. So, and I think she won. The Hugo, wasn't the, the Hugo award-winning series, wasn't that a fantasy series? I know she does both. Uh,
1: fan- I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, You're probably right. But yeah.
0: I didn't know she wrote this, and I've never heard of it before, so uh, I will be picking up this trade. That sounds... You absolutely should. Truly absolutely sick, absolutely dude.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, so anyway, she had really great things to say about her. So I think she might have done an Audible, and she didn't like the narrator or something. She didn't finish the trilogy, is what I'm trying to get to here. <laughs> but she had positive things to say. Um... All right, so I'm going to talk about a book called *The Coward* by Stephen Arian. Okay, so this is a a, a fantasy novel that, um, how to explain it? It takes a, I mean, this is a very familiar fantasy trope of a quest. And here is the setup: there is a guy who essentially slayed the Ice Lich. He went on a quest with ten other heroes. He's the only one that returned alive. Okay. And they think the ice lich has returned. He's been summoned to go back. This is all like the first, you know, 20 pages or whatever. And it is a very traditional gathering of heroes to go on this quest. I'm about three quarters of the way through it. And it is real comfort food in that it is that heroic quest told in a very compact. I mean, this is like a 400 page fantasy novel, which is mercifully brief compared to a lot of the stuff that's out there. And, you know, you kind of stop and, like, Lord of the Rings, like, the whole of Lord of the Rings is, like, 800 pages. And some of these other series, that's, like, book one of ten, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I don't have a problem, obviously, with, like, the book itself being lengthy. The problem is, is so often it doesn't feel edited. You read these chapters that are so, and I don't want to mention these authors, but, like, so, like, bloviated with just word soup. And it's, like... You could have just said he went around the corner, you know? (laughs) So this is mercifully short. But what's interesting about it is it becomes kind of a look at fantasy with someone that is dealing with PTSD from their previous experience. So it's got this kind of modern twist to it. Don't get it twisted. This isn't like a big reinvention of the fantasy novel that will knock your socks off. It is just a – it's jazz on – a thing that you've already encountered before. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and while I find the lore and world building to be maybe not amazing, um, the actual direction of the story is taking is really intriguing to me, and I just I like that they ha- the characters are genuinely good people with flaws. They're not. Mm. I think everyone has been chasing George R. R. Martin around so much that we have to do POV chapters, and we have to do morally gray, and we have to, and sometimes it just feels like we're just plagiarizing, you know. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. And it kind of is like, okay, I would really like to back that off. Now, of all the books I read this summer, by far the best book was *The Bird King*. I don't know if you've heard of that novel before, Um, but it's much more of like a fairy tale fantasy set in uh the, spain during the reconquista and it's very neil gaiman-esque and uh okay. that book was just and everybody who knows about this book knows it's great like it's won many awards and all this stuff um but that book was great this book is really enjoyable it's a macaroni and cheese for dinner kind of thing you know what i mean <laughs> but yeah. maybe like a few few fancy breadcrumbs on top and you're like wow that's interesting nice little flavor For, pop yeah nice little <laughs> nice little contrast and texture there i like it all right cameron if someone would like to talk to you about macaroni and cheese toppings where can they find you
1: it's <laughs> all on twitter at cameron underscore mccoy
0: i am at curtis now our official show feed is at spike Meat mtg we'll check you guys next week